Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com, and with me today, as always, is producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, Elite 8 Girls GHSA Basketball Preview. This is a doubleheader. This is the back-to-back night. This is what all the NBA stars complain about, Ramin. This is why everyone's got load management. We don't have load management here at Sandy Spill. We just finished the boys' podcast, a sweet hour, and now we got probably close to another hour coming up here with girls' coverage. So if my voice goes, I apologize, but Ramin, no load management here. We got to jump right into it. There are 32 games to cover, Carl, so we don't have time to waste. Starting in Class 7A, top left side, a bunch of one seeds, North Forsyth at Cherokee. Oh, this is going to be a great game. We previewed um, last round's game between South Forsyth and North Cobb, and we said, I, well, I said, there's no way this game's not going to be a classic. No way it's going to be decided by more than six points. What happened? North Forsyth won 56-50 over North Cobb in double overtime, a six-point win and what was very impressive in this game was uh, I believe Caroline Martin and Ansley Allen both fouled out but somehow they pulled it out and McCall Thomas had 18 points Uh, like the game for life just stepped up big time when you needed it most huge will she be able to replicate that against Cherokee if North Forsyth looks for a third score that will be important Cherokee they pulled away from Grayson 74 to 53 blew them out So now Cherokee has North Forsyth at home. Now, last year Cherokee beat North Forsyth at the the Raider Classic, and uh, it was a low-scoring, ugly game. It was like, I don't know, like 34 to 31, something really low-scoring. Cherokee grinded it out in an ugly game. Fast forward to this year. North Forsyth beat Cherokee in their previous matchup earlier this year, 68 to 60. Caroline Martin going to North Georgia. 28 points, had seven threes. Ansley Allen, 11 points. Lily Bales, nine points. But can they replicate that? Is North Forsyth going to be able to knock down that many threes against Cherokee? Uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, something that is, uh, you know, something to keep an eye on uh, because that's a lot of threes. And I know I, I think they said that, you know, the foul calls, a lot of fouls were in favor of North Forsyth. They took a lot of free throws in that game. Again, you can't really speculate too much on it because I would need to be there to see if it was really quote-unquote one-sided. I know the day before when I was at the tournament, the referees were pretty crappy all around for every single game being played, so I wouldn't be overly surprised if the referees were just not good again. Uh, But with that being said, this game is at Cherokee, and I think Cherokee, I have them ranked ahead of North Forsyth the entire season pretty much. I think Cherokee is a little bit better of a team than North Forsyth. I think they're a little bit more complete. They got Kate Johnson inside who's going to be going to Furman. She's only a junior, but that's a big 6-3 post presence. That's really good. She can score with her back to the basket. She knows how to play. She is a true post player. Kate Johnson, really good. I love the dynamic that she brings to the Lady Warriors. Uh, Sydney Watts, about six foot. Uh, combo forward going to Nate, obviously. Very good. Uh, very good as well. Strong, tough-nosed player. Um, you got Ashlyn Andrews going to Limestone, a, a quick guard who's pretty much led Cherokee in scoring all season long, led that balance attack, but she's always good for about 12 points per game, can play at an up-tempo pace. Uh, and then Chatham Brown, very athletic, plays very, very hard. Um, that's another player that just gets after it. So 
You're looking at North Forsyth. If they're making those jump shots, uh, if Willie Bales is able to stretch the floor with Caroline Martin and Ansley Allen, um, again, really, really good match. These teams are two very evenly matched teams. But I think Kate Johnson inside, I think she will be the difference maker. I don't know if North Forsyth is going to be able to bomb as many threes as they did in the first meeting. Uh, again, home court advantage in favor of Cherokee. Uh, I think this is going to be a really tight, close game. But again, I'm going with Cherokee. I like Cherokee. I think just top to bottom, I think they have, you know, they can score inside and they can score outside. And I think North Forsyth is a little bit more, you know, a couple dribble drives and some three-point shooting. They can't really just throw the ball on the block and get a bucket if they really need one. That's something that Cherokee can do. And that's why I think Cherokee will win this game in a close matchup. Also on the left side of Class 7A, Norcross at Westlake. Uh, Westlake will win this game. Norcross um, obviously come, came off a, a nice win, 50-36 to 36 over North Paulding. Uh, Maria Baltiera, uh, Imani Paul going to Kennesaw State inside. But, you know, Westlake beat Archer 71-30. to 30. Raven Johnson, Tania Ladson, Lydia Freeman, Carly Hooks, and Brian Turner. Name the whole roster. Westlake's going to win this game. On to the right side of Class 7A, a couple two-seeds, Brookwood at Campbell. Campbell was in a nail-biter in the first half with Rockdale, and then they just busted this game open. I want to say it was like, I don't know, it was like but the score was close to being in the 20s. It was like maybe a five- or six-point game, and then all of a sudden it's 50-25. to 25. Campbell just annihilates Rockdale uh, and pulls away in the second half. And then Brookwood, they got a nice win at Tiff County, 57-52. to 52. Campbell is going to fly around. They're going to press. They're going to pressure. They're going to get a lot of turnovers. They're going to ramp it up. Brookwood, I think Brookwood has uh, maybe a little bit more of the, the skill players. Uh, Diana Collins, the, the freshman, I think she's really good. I think she's going to be the best player on the court. But with um, Campbell's just nonstop pressure with Jemai and Julia Alston, they just get after you and Trap and Nia Bozeman's a, a solid guard and Sarah Taub. I think they're just going to be onslaught, just after you, after you, after you, after you. And does Brookwood have enough ball handers to really, you know, combat that? Like Shannon Niles is going to have to have a really – uh, fundamentally sound game, you know, protecting the ball and advancing it with Diana Collins. And then Selma Kula, a big girl inside going to Western Kentucky. Uh, obviously, that's a huge advantage inside. But if Campbell has this game going back and forth and back and forth and you take out the big girl and don't let her get set up on the block and clean up misses, this and the other, it, it turns into a track meet. It's going to be in Campbell's favor. This game's going to be at Campbell. I think Campbell's just relentless. They've seen really good competition. Brookwood, obviously playing really good basketball at the right time, but I just think Campbell with just so many players that can throw out there and press, 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 they're going to turn over Brookwood. It's just going to depend on how many times they turn them over, and I think they're going to turn them over enough to be able to come away with a win over Brookwood. In our final game in Class 7A, McEachern at Collins Hill. Uh Collins Hill, 70-53, a nice result over Pebblebrook and McEachern, 57-51 over Parkview. Parkview started coming back, um, but McEachern was able to stem the tide and get the win. Now, this game is going to be at Collins Hill. Um, going to be really tough with that all-star assembled team with Eden Sample there, uh, Cameron Collins, Sasha Washington, Asia Ennis, 
if I haven't already mentioned her. So that's a, you know, that's a Frankenstein of a roster right there. Collins Hill, really, really good. They put together a lot of good pieces. Uh, you're looking at a McEachin team that most of these girls have pretty much been there uh, since day one. Denim to Shields is really good. She's going to have to have a big-time game, and she's going to have to you know, not only score the ball but facilitate. And I'm looking at Dalen Craig, um, who is already committed to being the CTC All-Star game. So keep an eye on that March 15th at East Paulding High School. Cherokee County All-Stars, Cobb County All-Stars, and Paulding County All-Stars going at it. But with that being said, uh, Dalen Craig, about 5'9", small forward. She averages a double-double. She's going to have to play really big inside. They're going to have to find someone to keep Sasha Washington off the glass and kind of slow her down. Um, you know, McKeaton has a nice big three with Kaylin Ellis there as well. Uh, but I just think Colin Seals is going to be they're going to be too strong. I think McEachin's going to have a good game plan with Coach Phyllis Arthur. Uh, I think McEachin is definitely a, a live underdog in this one, and that's a team that Collins Hill is going to be, you know, they're going to have to play well against. But I think Collins Hill, they're just going to have a little bit uh, too much firepower. I think they should be able to pull it out. But I think McEachin's going to make this game a close game, and they're going to take it down into the fourth quarter. In Class 6A on the top left side, Langston Hughes at Lovejoy. Oh boy, so Lovejoy 44-25 just rolled over Harrison even though they got some players dinged up Anaya Boyd shoulder, Genesis Bryant with a bad ankle Um, and then Langston Hughes 61-43 over Heritage Conyers blew them out Um, you know, Region 5 is weird I don't know how good Region 5 really is yet Uh, I think Langston Hughes uh, again, I think that's a team that I wouldn't be overly surprised if this is a really close game, but I wouldn't be overly surprised if Langston Hughes loses by about 10 or 15 points. Lovejoy's really good. It just depends on their health. Are are the Is the star backcourt healthy enough? I, I think they will be healthy enough. And I think uh, inside play, the play of Brianna Hardy is going to be a difference maker for Lovejoy as well. Um, Tamia Stargell for Langston Hughes, a Region 5 player of the year. Raven Thompson's a big physical inside-out forward. Uh, those two are going to have to have big games. And then Demisha Kane, she's a, a streaky three-point shooter, but she can really blast them from deep. Uh, I think Langston Hughes is good, but I think they're not at that level of Lovejoy with the elite, you know, two ACC guards just yet. So I think Lovejoy, they're on a mission. I think they'll find a way to pull this one out. Still on the left side of Class 6-8, Johns Creek travels to Glen Academy. Uh, you got to give Johns Creek a lot of credit. The number one seed out of Region 7 playing outstanding basketball right now beat Tri-Cities, beat Houston County 65-55. Now they're running into Glen Academy, who beat Sequoia 67 to 50. Soisha Smith, 40 points, about 15 rebounds, going to Georgia. Um, Johns Creek's not going to have anybody athletic enough to slow her down. Uh, Latrinity Best as well. Uh, I think she's going to be a, a player that really helps out Soisha Smith, and then um, the, the the new piece that they did not have. Last year, Talia Hamilton, uh, another ball handler that really diversifies things. Uh, I think Kirk Call is going to have a fantastic game plan, and they're going to do everything they can to execute. Uh, but I just don't think Johns Creek is going to have enough playmakers, uh, enough people that can put the ball in the basket to slow down. Just such an uber-talented, uber-athletic um, Glen Academy team. And this game is going to be at Glen Academy, so makes it doubly tough. On the right side of Class 6-8, Valdosta at Decula. Oh, Decula, 69-50 over Brunswick. Valdosta, 70-55 over Cambridge. Now, these two teams met earlier in the season. 
and I can pull it up for you real quick. Um, Valdosta, I want to say they ended up losing this game, and this was over there uh, at Decula, at the Decula tip-off. They lost 43-40 to at Decula, and this was a game that Valdosta led 17-5 to early on in the season. Uh, or early on in the uh, game, sorry, after the first quarter, they're up 17 to five. But Dekula kept coming and coming and coming and coming, and uh, you know Lazarius Spearman and company, they were able to get the job done. And this was a game. Essence Cody was a freshman. This was like one of her very first games. You know, six two, six three, uh, freshman. She finished with nine points. Um, what what else did she have? Six rebounds. Uh, probably blocked a couple shots. She had three blocks. So. She was young. I think she's gotten better and better and better as the season has gone on. Decula, um, you know, they, they like we said, they beat Brunswick, a good result. Um, Decula has been a team that can be a little up and down. Like when adversity faces them and they play a physical team, can they get over the hump? Uh, they were able to do so against Lanier and, you know, get that number one seed that puts them in a good position. But now they're going up against Valdosta. And the good thing for Valdosta is they've already seen Decula. They already played at Decula before, so they know what they're getting themselves into. Um, I'm looking at this one to be a, another good, entertaining matchup, a close one. But I'm actually going with uh, Valdosta in this one. I just think Jayla Cody, Essence Cody, and then they had the region player of the year in Jemiah Johnson. I think uh, they are going to be able to get the job done. Uh, obviously going to be very difficult with Lazaria Spearman. Uh, they're just going to have to try to keep her off the glass. But again, you got two big post presences. You've already seen her before. Um, I'm just going with Valdosta. I think the team from South Georgia, uh, I think they're a team that's primed to get to the uh, Final Four. Uh, I think it'll be a really good game, but I'm going with Valdosta. And finally in Class 6A, Douglas County at Forest Park. Forest Park 66-55 over Sprayberry. That one looks like it turned out to be like we projected. I thought it was going to be a pretty close game all throughout. Forest Park just good enough. And then Douglas County 41-39 over Grovetown. Uh, I think Forest Park is a lot better than Douglas County. I wasn't overly impressed when I saw Douglas County um, play this year. I do like Douglas County, uh, their guard play. Uh, you got the little guard. I can pull it up right quick. Uh, you know, Diamond Cook, uh, one of their better players. But uh, Elena Gibbs is who I like. I think she's a, a tough little cookie out there for Douglas County. Um, but Sanaya Fagan, she's just going to have her way with them inside. And I think they're good enough on the perimeter. I like Forest Park to win this one by double, double digits. In Class 5A on the left, uh, a couple more I guess dark horses by underdogs by um, their seed in the tournament getting in number three veterans at number one Eagles Landing. Eagles Landing won 65-50 over Riverwood. Veterans in overtime over Rome 67-62. Um, Julia Store and company over there at Eagles Landing playing really good basketball right now. Veterans uh, obviously tough uh, with Stacy Jones inside, but this game's going to be at Eagles Landing. Um, I'm going with Eagles Landing. I think that, that that's a team that uh, is primed to get to the Final Four. I think Veterans is going to give them a good game, but I think Eagles Landing, um, seeing a lot of good teams all throughout the, the season, they're going to be primed for it, and I think they're going to have a good game plan. I think Eagles Landing gets the job done. Also on the left side, Jones County at Kell. Um, two of the better, best freshmen in the state of Georgia, Jada Morgan uh, of Jones County versus Crystal Henderson of Kell. Um, I think, you know, Jones County 60-55 to 55 over Lithia Springs and Kell 66-40 over Bainbridge. 
I think Jones County's a a good team. I think they'll be able to stick in there with them. Um, I I don't know. I I can, I can see this game going either way. I think Jones County plays this one to you know the final buzzer plays it to within six points, or I think Kill blows them out by 15 plus. Uh, I don't really know which way I'm going with that, but either way, I think Kel, I think they're going to have that size inside with Jada Green, um, Maya Moss. I think they're they're good enough around the rim. Uh, Jones County, I don't know if they have enough enough firepower uh, outside of Lou Wolfork and um, Jada Morgan. I think it's going to be tough. I think Jones County is good, but I think Kel is going to win this game. I just don't know by how much. On the right side of Class 5A, Carrollton travels to Buford. 62-32 last year. It was a 30-point win for Buford uh, against Carrollton. Now, just looking at the past results here uh, in their last round game, Buford, I watched Buford demolish Wayne County 76-49. Carrollton 57-47 over Harris County. Carrollton is the third best team in the state. They are right there behind Kell. Um, and this is a game that will be interesting to see again with what the the final score is. We'll 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 really get a good uh, measuring stick if Buford is able to beat Carrollton. If they beat Carrollton, how many points do they beat them by? Give us a measuring stick because we know Kell has beat them by two points and one point in their last two meetings. With that being said, Carrollton with Demar Flournoy, uh, she is a great player. She is a great, terrific junior. She can lead this team past Buford, but I just worry with Buford's press, they get a lot of turnovers. And, you know, Carrollton playing against Cal, they, they've seen some really athletic teams and some teams that can press, and they can be a little sloppy with the ball sometimes. Um, but I think Buford, that system with Ashia Willis uh, and Blair Wallace knocking down threes and, you know, Tate Walters chipping in where she could, um, I think Buford wins this game. I think Carrollton's really, really good. Uh, I think Carrollton's not going to get beat by 30 points. I just don't even know how that happened last year. I think this will be a good game, uh, but I think uh, Buford wins this one. Uh, and I think Carrollton, they're going to they're gonna be right there. I think they're going to be right there going into the fourth quarter, but I think Buford makes just a couple more plays at home. And finally in Class 5A, a couple two-seeds, Arabia Mountain at Woodland Stockbridge. Woodland won 59-55 over Manor Jackson, and Arabia Mountain came back to beat Stars Mill 57 57- 56 in overtime. Um, looking at Arabia Mountain, uh, they've been led this year. Maori Pruitt, uh, I want to say she is a freshman. She's been really good. Uh, she was a first team selection in Region 5. And then Sydney Bunkley's a youngster, too, I believe, uh, over there at Arabia Mountain. She's been good. So Arabia Mountain uh, coming back against Stars Mill in a, you know, a, a tough environment going down there and pulling out that win. Very impressive, but you're playing a Woodland team that's been sneaky good all throughout the year, just quietly handling their business. Sambrisha Everett was a first-team selection. Maya Geddes, a second-team selection. Um, again, just like both these teams played in the Sweet 16, I think we're going to see a really good game, close game down to the wire. Um, the game's going to be played at Woodland, um, but I, I don't know. For some reason, I think I'm just going to go with Arabia Mountain uh, again, a really a coin flip game. I could see either team winning this one. Either way, I think it's going to be close, but I'm just going to go on the record and go with Arabia Mountain because that's who I picked to make the Final Four in our very first podcast. Down to Class 4A in the left, Sandy Creek at Luella. <sighs> Sandy Creek 68-51 over Doherty. Luella 56-31 over Gilmer. Sandy Creek plays with about six players every single game. 
obviously. Uh, they finally got everything going in the right direction right now. A good win. Um, Deja Powell going to Texas Tech inside. She is a, a handful to stop down low. Um, but I, I really do like this Luella team. But per- Paris Miller, Keely Brown, uh, and they get some uh, other big contributions uh, throughout that roster there. I think uh, Jada Sessions, I believe, had a really good game in this last round. Uh, but I'm going with Luella. I think Keely Brown and Paris Miller are two dynamic players. Um, Sandy Creek, if they can, you know, I guess kind of keep it slower and, you know, pound it inside, they can give them some issues. Uh, and Janiah Hodges is really good at the guard spot. But I think Luella has been a team that's been knocking on the door the past couple seasons and I think they bust it down I think Luella has been better has been better than Sandy Creek um top to bottom for you know resume wise consistently throughout the season and I think Luella finds a way to get past Sandy Creek still on the left side of class 4a America Sumter at Spalding again we're talking about America Sumter on the boys side you know they got this great record are they as good as the record suggests I think they're really good I don't know if they're Super fantastically awesome, but 33-32, uh, they grinded one out at Marist, which is a difficult, difficult place to play. And now they're going to have to go to Spalding. Spalding won 52-38 over Oconee County, but Spalding was kind of sleepwalking beginning of that game against Oconee, and that was you know kind of scary. They're not going to be able to do that against a really good America Sumter team uh, in the Elite Eight. Uh, I think Coriana Evans versus Jaleesa Reese, when they tangle inside, that's going to be a really – um, big game to you know matchup to watch for. It's going to come down to Spalding. Can Spalding get enough from their guards? Uh, will they provide enough offense, enough shooting from the perimeter to kind of loosen things up for Evans? Uh, that's something to really keep an eye on. And then obviously you, you got a uh, Trendy Jones, a big time three point shooter, can score on the perimeter for America Sumter. Um, with that being said, I'm I, it's going to be a really close game. I'm going to just go with Spalding. But not surprised at all if America Sumter wins this one. But Coriana Evans, I've known her to come up really, really, really big in big, big games. And this is a big game. And I'm trusting the veteran. I'm trusting that senior leader. So I'm going with Spalding. On to the right side, Woodward Academy takes on Carver Columbus. Woodward 56-46 against St. Pius. Kind of struggled there. Uh, you know, they got to be able to switch up their defenses and, you know, do a couple different things on offense uh, because Carver's going to be locked and loaded with all these great these great athletes and be able to get the job done. Um, but Carver Columbus won 66-49 over White County. Uh, I think Woodward, I think they can give them a game, but still a, a younger team going into a hostile environment. Olivia Cochran, um, is Sarah Lewis going to be able to slow her down? Is Mackenzie Mooring going to be able to slow her down? Who's going to be able to slow Carver down? Um, I think Kyla Neer is going to have to be big for Woodward with her scrappy play on the perimeter, and I think Sydney Bowles is going to have to be efficient. I think that's the key word with Sydney Bowles. She's going to have to be efficient. It can't be 28 shots on 29 attempts. It has to be efficient. And if she's efficient, Woodward Academy wins the game. If she's not efficient, I don't think they're going to win the game, and I think Carver either way will be able to pull this one out. And finally, in Class 4A, Troop County takes on McDonough. Ooh, it's a game going back and forth on McDonough. Uh, 60-42 over Northwest Whitfield and Troop. 45-44 against Cross Creek. Uh, I believe they hit a buzzer beater to win that one. McDonough's tough. They got some athletic guards. got some good players. Sky Waters, Janai Alexander. They're tough. McDonough's definitely tough. And then Troop County. Uh, Troop County, obviously... 
they're very good as well uh, with Anaya Palmer. Amber Gilbert's a physical inside post player. Then Alexia Murphy, too. Um, guard play. I'm, I'm interested to see the guard play in this one. I think McDonough has better guard play. You know, Nia Pope, a uh, first-team all-region pick along with Sky Waters, we mentioned. Um, I think Troop has a better front court, but I think McDonough has a better back court. And I know I picked Troop to go to the Final Four, but I think McDonough's playing really good right now. I think they're playing really good right now. And Troop, Troop has a fantastic, again, you know, do you go with recent recency bias and just recent trends or do you go with what, what they've done all season long? If you go with what they've done all season long, Troop County's been the team. But I think McDonough is going to pose some issues just with those athletic guards and they're, they're good and they're tough. Um, I think, and this game's going to be at McDonough too, so that is a big deciding factor as well. I think with the game at McDonough and how McDonough's been playing in the postseason, uh, I think I'm going uh, with McDonough to uh, kind of upset Troop County, and I'm going with them to make it to the Final Four, switching up my uh, previous pick. We will move on to Class 3A in the top left, a couple of two seeds, Beach at Ringgold. Whew, I've been told that um, they think Ringgold, you know, at home, they got a uh, Beach coming up there. I've been told they think Ringgold can beat Beach. I don't know. Ringgold 64-40 over Rutland, Beach 50-43 over Cedar Grove. Um, you know, it, it, if, if there was ever a year, I know I probably said this last year, but with the coin flip for these North Georgia teams in class three, a to kind of try to get over the hump and get some of these Savannah schools out of the final four picture, it could be this year. Ringgold's been tough. Rachel acres been good for them inside around the basket. Um, but beach beach is still beach beach is still, uh, usually been the, one of the teams to beat. Doesn't matter who they have. I mean, Madison Evans, co-region player three, region three player of the year. Uh, Kayla Rogier, really tough as well. Um, Ringle, you know, you, you, they don't really see aggressive styles of play like this with good guard play like Beach. So I think it'll be a good game. I think home court advantage is going to be massive. Uh, but again, I've been burnt in the past picking against Savannah teams, and I'm just going to not do it this time, so I'm going to go with Beach in a close game. Also on the left side of Class 3A, Morgan County at North Hall. Morgan County won 57-51 at Tattnall County, and then North Hall 55-33 over Savannah. Again, uh, North Hall, I picked them to go to the Final Four when we did our preview podcast. I think North Hall is locked and loaded uh, with that big win, being able to handle uh, quickness and just an overall different style of play from Savannah and slow them down inside. Uh, I think North Hall is rolling right now. I like them to get past Morgan County uh, with Lauren Swanson and Grace Hallfield and Macy Gillespie. I think that's just a really, really good trio, and I think Christy House does a great job. So I'm going with North Hall, especially – at home, that's a long trip over from Morgan County. Um, I do like North Hall to win this one. On to the right side of Class 3A, GAC plays Jefferson. Whew, that is um, a, a good, interesting matchup right there. You know, those are two really, really good teams. Jefferson played GAC last year. Jefferson cracked them 84-68. to 68, So that's something that really keep in the back of your mind. Uh, Jefferson, 
Uh, they've been rolling so far, 64-33 over Pierce County. GAC 50-42 to over Monroe. That was a little surprising. I thought GAC could, you know, make that one not as close, but it was a difficult game on the road. And now they got to go to the road and play at Jefferson. It's not going to be any easier with Livy Blackstock. who's already committed to go play at North Georgia. Uh, obviously, she's really good. Uh, Courtney Kidd has come on strong. She's had a breakout season this year. Uh, for the Dragons. And Deshaun Gaither, just super athletic on the wing, hurts them a lot. And then, you know, Ellie Kinlaw and Chloe Hyatt inside. So Jefferson's fully loaded. GAC, uh, Kaylee Addy, they go as Kaylee Addy goes. If Kaylee Addy has a great game and she puts up 30 points, GAC can win this one. But if Kaylee Addy is held to about 15 points, um, if J.C. Boulding, is Ava Irvin going to be able to support her enough and produce enough offense? I think it's going to be tough uh, either way. I think GAC is really good, uh, but I think Jefferson, even looking at last year's result uh, with that big win over them, I think Jefferson has just enough to get past GAC. I think GAC just just barely a year away from cracking through. I think Jefferson just has too many veterans this year. In our last game in 3A, Johnson Savannah at Sonoraville. Uh, 81-63 Sonoraville over Jackson. Johnson's 92-45 over Fannin County. Um Sonoraville, Alexa Geary is going to have to go crazy from deep. She had 32 points, had five threes against Jackson. Um, she's going to have to hit about 10 threes if Sonoraville is going to beat Johnson. Now, again, the one saving grace is they have Johnson coming all the way up to, uh, you know, to play them at Sonoraville. And these two teams hooked up last year. And, uh, you know what, Johnson won by maybe like 12 points or so. Uh, wasn't uh, necessarily a blowout. It was, you know, they won by double digits, I want to say, however. Uh, and I could always fact check that real quick. But Sonoraville, I just think it's going to be tough with the style of play. You know, I feel like uh, Johnson's even longer and even more athletic than they were last year uh, when they beat when they beat Sonoraville 64-52, and that gave them problems last year. I think, uh, you know, Malia Parks, you know, region player of the year in region six, I just think it's going to be hard for her to score consistently inside against Johnson's length. Amani Hamilton uh, is the one player that really comes to mind who has had a breakout year. And um, Kalia Hankerson as well. Just all these you know long, athletic girls. And, of course, they have really good guard play. Uh, when you're looking at Jada Burgess, who I believe is going to Tampa. Uh, Anthelisa Baker had a triple-double. Uh, Hamilton, who he just mentioned, she had a, what, like 15 points, 15 rebounds, 15 blocks, or just something ludicrous against Fannin County. Uh, so Norville's good. They're North Georgia good. They're good, uh, you know, obviously against many teams across the state, but Johnson Savannah, it's just a different breed right now down there. I think Johnson is going to beat Sonorville. I think Sonorville will be able to hang around for a little bit, but I think just Johnson's way too strong, and I think Johnson rolls in the second half. Ready to move on to Class 2A, Kyle. In the top left quadrant, Southwest Macon travels to Laney. Laney, 61-53 over Putnam. So Putnam gave them a good game. And Southwest uh, Macon, like we said, I feel like this game could be a blowout at halftime. They won 32, or no, 62-36 to over Bremen. Um, Southwest Macon's good. Uh, I think they're good. Uh, they're going to be seeing a team that is really, really good. And again, to be the best, you must beat the best and they are seeing the best um so i'm thinking jacayla johnson defensive player of the year for southwest macon out of that region three she's gonna have to have a tremendous game with avery grayer inside who averages i want to say close to a double double 
uh, Stages, Alfred, and Shigeria Williams. That's your big four right there. When I mean, you're looking at a Laney team that just, you know, that Roquana, Drayden, they just cycle girls in and out, and they just find a way to produce and get the job done. Uh, I think it's going to be tough for Southwest to uh, to get the job done against Laney. Uh, again, considering this game's going to be at Laney, and, you know, that's, geez, it, it's hard to beat Laney in general at a neutral site. But going on the road to beat them, that's just a whole nother animal. And they get players that really step up. I mean, just in this last round, uh, they had some really big contributions from the big sophomore, Sinclair Fryer. Uh, she came up big. And, you know, their leading scorer is Whitney Anderson. You got uh, Nakia Booker at the, you know, a guard position. Uh, they just got a lot of players that they can throw out there. Again, I don't think Laney's as good as years past with Daisha Benjamin, but they're still the cream of the crop in Class 2A. And I think they should be able to get past Southwest making, but I think Southwest will make it a pretty close game. Still staying in 2A, Rockmart takes on Vidalia. Can Vidalia slow down Rockmart? Rockmart, you know, really is a one-man band, a one-man team. Um, again, uh, Rockmart won 64-58 against East Lawrence out of the 64 points, I believe. Uh, Kiara Berry had 41 points, so they did get some nice contributions scattered throughout. I mean, that's pretty good. If she gets you 40, as long as you get 20 from everyone else, you should be in decent shape. Uh, and Vidalia won 55-36 at Banks. And this is going to be a game at Vidalia. So going on the road, it's going to be tough. Um, I think uh, Vidalia is going to have to come out with a really good game plan if they want to win this one. Uh, you just have to throw every junk defense imaginable at Kiara Berry to slow her down. I think Sissy Anderson should have a, a, a pretty good gist of what she wants to do. Um, they got Triana Roundtree inside, a six-foot uh, junior uh, post player. That's one of their best players. Uh, and then they got Dresden Clark and Josiah Jones are two leading scorers on the season, both at the guard position. Uh, I think Vidalia, uh, I, I, I like Vidalia to win this one. It's just going to come down to which team is finally going to have enough to slow down Kiara Berry. Um, that that's that's the whole game plan. If, they, they, if you slow her down and keep her to under, you know, stop her from going absolutely nuts, stop her from getting forty points, thirty-five points. If you can hold her to thirty or less, I think they're in good shape, and I think Vidalia wins. On to the right side of Class Two A, Early County at Union County. A lot of good post players in this one. Ramin, uh, Michaela Timpson is a dominant post player. Who is going to stop her? Looking at Union County, they got Ava Hunter. She's about six foot. She's a sophomore, averaged about 16 and nine. Um, Union County absolutely dominated Butler, which was a big, nice win for them, 61-37. Early County did the same, 64-45 over Chattooga. Uh, they got the size. They can kind of get in the way, but I think Michaela Timpson's just overall dominance and athleticism is something that's going to give Union County some trouble slowing down throughout the game. Uh, I think Andalyn Hill at the guard position, I think she's going to have to be key and she's going to have to get some loose ball turnovers and get Union County out and running to kind of negate Timpson's ability to anchor down on the low block and, uh, you know, defend the rim. Uh, but, you know, they got some pretty decent guards over there at uh, Early County as well. I was a fan of her last year, Jordan Eford. I think she's very talented. And then to Zaya Jones, just another strong physical player that can score around the rim. Um, I think Early County wins this one because Michaela Timpson is great, but I think Union County is going to put forth a really good effort 
And they do have them at home. That's a hell of a drive from Early County up to Union County, up in the mountains. Going to be really tough, but I think Michaela Timpson, uh, I think she's that good. I think she wins this game for Early County. And we are going to talk about Washington County at Douglas to wrap up two-way. Mm, so Douglas, another nice win, 53-43 over Josie. Washington County, 59-42 over Lamar County. The matchup I'm looking at here is Miracle Parker and Ashanti Weems. Two really good junior wings. Really, really good. I think Miracle Parker's a better score, a more well-rounded score than Ashanti Weems. Weems is more of a you know 5'10 athlete, slasher, makes plays defensively. Parker's a little more polished. She can get to the basket. She's a hard driver, but she's got a nice three-point shot too. But I think the size inside of a Kenya King at 6'3", that's going to be the difference maker. She's been a you know just a bowling ball inside throughout the postseason all throughout the year. Um, you know, Washington County's tallest players, maybe 5'9", 5'10". That's really going to hurt them. Uh, I think Washington County's going to definitely give them a game. They're going to be right there. But again, I think Douglas County or Douglas, the Astros, I think they're going to be able to wear on them. They have a long trip, Washington County does, to travel all the way to Atlanta, a couple hours there. Um, and I think Douglas is going to be ready. I mean, Douglas, they, they survived Raven County. They survived Josie. They got another tough test in Waco coming. But I think Douglas gets it done. Moving on to Class A private here, seeds given by the power ranking um, in the top left, number eight, Mount Perrin, and number one, St. Francis. <sighs> Mount Perrin won 47-27 over Darlington. St. Francis 76-44 over Tallulah Falls. And, you know, looking at Mount Perrin girls, they've come close a few times in the past two years, but they haven't been able to solve St. Francis. Um just reading off their results, they've already played about three or four times this year. First loss, they lost 67-54. Then it was 75-70 at St. Francis, very close. But then reaching championship, they fall back 77-56. With that being said, St. Francis with Savannah Samuel Amir, Abdul Rahim. I just think they're going to be too tough. Mia Moore as well, Maya Moore as well. Um, I think Kara Dunn's going to do everything she can to lift this team, but uh, again, just a year away from being able to beat St. Francis. In the bottom left of a private, Wesleyan at Stratford Academy. Wesleyan will blow out Stratford Academy. Uh, that's just how it goes. Uh, Nadia Reese is good. Mary Elaine Mitchell is good. Two seniors over there at Stratford, but they're not AC Carter. Uh, Wesleyan's going to roll those guys. On the right side, Elko at Holy Innocence. Uh, same thing. Uh, I want to say these two teams have already played once this year. I can check real quick to see if that is correct or not. Um, maybe they haven't. Um, but either way, um, Eagles Landing Christian Academy, they're in big, big trouble against a team like Holy Innocence. Holy Innocence, um, just too big. They just they clobber everybody. Um, really, Jill Hongshed, there's just no answer inside for her. Holy Innocence should win this one. And your final game in a private Green Forest at Hebron Christian. Now this is um, this would probably be the most interesting matchup out of all the uh, all the games we we talked about. Green Forest, um, they've been really good this year. Twenty two and five. They're huge. They're really big. They got a couple like six three six four post presences that gonna alter a lot of things around the rim. And against the elite teams in the state, they put forth really good efforts. I mean. 
Um, you know, against Wesleyan, they lost 65-52 to open up the year. Then they lost 40-35 to at Holy Innocence. So two really good results right there. They beat Woodward Academy. I want to say they beat them twice. So Woodward's pretty decent. Um, they beat Eagles Landing Christian Academy 77-66 after they lost to them early in the season. And then they lost to Wesleyan by 10 in uh, the region tournament. This Green Forest team is good. Um, I don't know if they have the guard play to match up with Hebron, though. Uh, Hebron can really shoot the ball. With Nicole Azar, excellent floor spacer, hit 10 threes in the game already this year. Um, and then Hebron does have really good size. I mean, you're looking at Malia Fisher, who was a region player of the year. She's a 6'2 post, versatile post. They got Jesse Parrish. She's a 6'2 post. Carly Hedger, she's a 6'3 post. So right there, you're going to be able to kind of combat what Green Forest has. I think Hebron's going to have better guard play. Carly Fahey is a really good passer. She averages about five or six assists per game. Um, I think it's going to be fairly interesting game uh but if hebron comes out and they they absolutely demolish and blow out grand force um geez i mean if you didn't think hebron was already a a state title contender you would have to re really reevaluate that um i think it should be pretty competitive but i do like hebron to win it um but if hebron wins this one by a big amount uh holy innocence they're gonna have to buckle up for the final four matchup in our final classification on the ladies' side, looking at the Elite 8 Class A public, again, power ranked. Number 8, GMC at number 1, Central Talbot. Uh, GMC at Central Talbot. And, uh, looking at the matchups, GMC beat Lake Oconee Academy 47-43. Central Talbot in 69-33 over Dooley. Uh, Bernalis Sparks, I think she's going to be too big. I think Shaquem Marshall as well. Uh, DeAndre Stevens is pretty good for GMC. I like her. She's a nice forward. Um, but I think Central Talbotton just they've seen better teams throughout the year. I feel like uh, I think they're they're ready. They're locked and loaded. They got them at home. It's gonna be a really tough place to play at. So I like the uh, I like the Hawks to beat GMC. On to the bottom left quadrant of Class A public number five Greenville at number four Calhoun County. Greenville beat Montgomery County fifty six forty two. Calhoun County fifty six thirty seven. Over ECI. Uh, Calhoun County got Takia Davis inside, patrolling the paint. Um, really good shot blocker. Going up against a Greenville team, um, which could be a pretty good matchup. I mean, Calhoun County, they did lose to Greenville 61 60 in their first meeting this year, their only meeting this year. So Greenville does have a win over them. Um, I, I, you know, Jabrika and Shabrika Leslie haven't had like phenomenal, you know, statistical years. They're still really good and put up big numbers, but didn't really take a monster leap, which I, I might have thought they could have this year. Uh, Greenville's still really good. I think this game's going to go down to the wire. The game's at Calhoun County, which makes it really, really tough. Again, we mentioned, uh, you know, home court advantage really crucial, especially at these small schools. Um, but I think I'm going with Greenville in this one. I picked them to make it to the final four in our our, um, our previous podcast, previewing the entire state tournament. So I'm going to go with Greenville. I think the Leslie sisters have just enough to get past Calhoun County. On the right side of a public, Turner County plays Clinch County. Turner, uh, I think we projected that they'd beat Pelham. Pelham came from that eh, shaky region. They won 60 to 55 over Pelham. Clinch 65-42 over Telfair County. Uh, Clinch County 
they're really good. They're really good. I think they're going to be able to get up and go, 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 go. They like to play fast uh, with Sahia Johnson and Angel McCray, two All-State girls. Uh, Turner County is good. I think there's going to be some good individual matchups with Maya Bird on the floor uh, and Temple. You know, good good players scattered throughout. But I think Clinch County at home. I think Clinch County has been more, uh, much more consistent than Turner has this year. So I like Clinch. And finally, game number 32 that we're going to be previewing on this podcast. Number 11, Wilcox County. At number 3, Wheeler County. Uh, Wheeler County has really been the team to beat, and they've been my pick to win the state title this year. And that's a team that's been, you know, close, but hasn't been able to get over the hump like the past three years. And they're, what, 28-1. and one. Uh, Wheeler's coming off, off a 59-42 win over Elite Scholars Academy. And, you know, and that's a team anchored by Layla Hood, who's really good inside. And Wilcox pulled out against Bowden, 43-39. Um, Wilcox, for them to win, I'm looking at uh, Destiny Tisdall, the sophomore, and Alicia Dixon, the big post presence inside. They're going to have to have really big games. But I think uh, you're looking at a Wheeler County team that is a complete team. Just looking at their stats right now, uh, Kiana Mincy is averaging 18 points, four rebounds, five assists, four steals. Samaria Bryant, another senior, 17, 5, 5, and 5. And the third senior, Leela Wright, who's about 5'11", 13 points, about 10 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 steals. This Wheeler County, Wheeler County team is loaded with seniors. I really like that. They got Wilcox coming to Wheeler County at Alamo. Uh, so I really do like the Bulldogs to win this game and get to the Final Four. Kyle, that will do it. We've previewed 32 games across eight classifications on the girls' side of GHSA Playoff Elite 8 games that are coming up in the next couple of days. If you missed the boys' podcast, that should be released in your feed shortly before this one. And we'll be back with you for final four previews um, after the Elite 8 games. As always, Playoff Central with SandySpiel.com on Twitter at SandySpiel at KyleSandy355. And on behalf of Kyle, this is Ramin signing off.